0: Tune in to Horns Up and beware, this episode will throw off anyone who doesn't understand Hindi or Urdu. And that's because our conversation today is peppered with phrases and references from life in Pakistan and India. We're talking to one of the most influential and historic figures from Pakistan's heavy metal scene, Babar Sheikh, who's
1: responsible for one of the country's foremost heavy metal bands, Dusk. Yep, we are joined by Babar Sheikh, uh, somebody who I've been following for I think almost 10, 15 years now, more. Uh, And they're probably, they are Pakistan's oldest surviving metal axe. And uh, very lovingly, we've compared him to the Sahil Makija of Pakistan. We've also compared him to the Devin Townsend of Pakistan. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. We did that too during the episode.
0: Yeah, it's a freewheeling chat, honestly. It's one of those, it's more of a conversation and a chat rather than an interview. So why don't you grab your favorite beverage and just settle in and relax because this is a long one. Here we fucking go. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. joining us all the way from Karachi on his fancy new Bluetooth hands-free device. It's Babar to
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, Bluetooth device—it's called iRocker. That oh cool. wait,
1: wait! I have the same one. Then. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, I think,
2: it's so crazy. The day I bought it, I was on a film shoot, and um, uh, you know, it was—it's—it's it's kind of like this fancy box that's the charger, and you yeah, know, it opens yeah. up, and it's like magnetized, etc., etc. Super cool. You leave the headphones, and group—they just go inside. <laughs> So uh, I was kind of like, you know, nicely liking it. And, you know, you're on a film set. I'm nicely listening to, you know, because our choices of music, you can't play on a film set. I can't play on my work. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, uh, I always... will get judged. Completely, yeah. So (laughs) I was like, nicely listening to some enslaved on my eye rocker, And then I forgot them. And I was like, damn. You know, too many people in in our culture, we call it nazar laggya. I and <laughs> And then by some twist of fate they actually came back to me. Uh somebody from the crew returned and saying we found them lying here and there, which is the
0: same thing. The other
3: thing
2: they say also, uh, which is more uh, appropriated in the Muslim sense of the word, is is halal ki Kamay nahi Jati actually halal karke so it doesn't uh, you know. And this is funny, it happened it happened to me. I drive an open Jeep, you know. Um, uh, so your uh, interaction with the public, with the general public over signals, et cetera, et cetera, uh, is pretty, is it, quite more uh, in terms of if you're driving in a car with like a shisha AC yeah. and, and all of that, you know, you're more, I feel you're more with public and people will make a comment or, you know, say hi or make, pass a smile. You know, I like that. I like that. So there was this rickshaw guy, I think you guys call it auto. So uh, there yeah, was this rickshaw, rickshaw guy Riksha Rickshaw Rickshaw actually So the rickshaw was a uh, 100 ka note. He fell out the sky, and by some strange... Uh, defying the laws of physics, it wasn't flying out. You know, it was just sort of hovering there next to his pocket. And, uh, you know, people wear shalwar kameez here, so the pockets are kind of flimsy also. So I told him, 100 so so <laughs> And he grabbed it and he said, halal ki kamai ki kamai jati. I yeah. ka, good, Achhi baat hai. very good. So yeah, <laughs> nice, I, I think, uh, sorry for going off uh, off track. Right? <laughs> no,
0: In <the> no. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think it's going to yeah. be one of those kind of interviews. <laughs>
1: So, you know, uh, one of the things that at least I wanted to start off with, and it's considering we're doing like an Indo Park uh, episode, right? So a Mm -hmm. common friend of ours once told me that you're a huge fan of the uh, band Millennium, which is, you know, this big Indian heavy metal band from the 90s. So I'm very curious to know, how did you discover them? I mean, because this is like pre-internet era, right? Mm -hmm. Has to be tape-trading.
2: Boss, no, it wasn't tape trading. It was oh? something even. So what was happening was that um, I had no idea. I had no idea hmm. that there uh, would be a scene existing in Asia in any any manner. You know, uh, I was very oblivious. And this is like I'm talking about early 90s. I'm discovering uh, beneath the remains from Sepultura and like you know, arise and like I'm discovering everything. Like I'm playing stuff from Battery Venom. Uh, going to paper markets on the weekend yahan purana market hai, which is like 300 400 years old market uh, called Bolton market um, okay. uh, it's a, it's the downtown of karachi and uh, there, there was a paper market back in the day and you know after everything is digital uss waqt wahan uh, risale purane magazines uh, aate the you okay, know, okay. uh-huh. and you had to if you had to find anything extreme uh, over there, you have to really dig in. And, you know, I used to come out with paper cuts at the end of a Saturday, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, because you're yeah. going through heaps and heaps to find, like, you know, my favorite magazine from back in the day was a magazine from America called Metal Maniacs. Um, eh? This is, like, yes, you know, yes. Krang And Krang and everything was big, but Metal Maniacs was the right place smack in the middle. It wasn't too underground, and it wasn't too mainstream. So it was very... Yeah. Uh, very, very, small. like the biggest band they would feature in 1991 would be Slayer, you know. So uh, they wouldn't go to like more sort of, you know, or oh, Back in that time, man, uh, my, I got in touch with my cousins uh, who, because of some family feud, uh, I wasn't seeing and, uh, you know, our families weren't seeing each other And and then I met one of them somewhere at another relative's house, and we really connected. And he said, "What music are you in into?" And I said, "Man, I listen to metal." And they said, "Oh, we're and, and they're like my cousins are like four brothers, you know, and they're like okay. we're all into metal." And I was like, "Whoa!" And I told my dad, "I was like, you know, take me to their house, you know, if you're you guys are fighting, it's not fair. The kids should like meet." I did some of that philosophy, you know, and <laughs> and I reached their house, and you know, they're they're like sitting on this haven of like. Um, you know uh, CDs, original CDs um, and you know they, they immediately took out a 60 or 90 minute tape and they started taping me like a mixtape from there. They had a very fancy you know, I hadn't got any fancy stuff. Did so. you
0: have long hair at that time?
2: No way, no way man I was like <laughs> I was like what, 12, 13, 13 years old man. 12, wow. Oh,
0: so allowed
2: allowed to do it uh, concept, be nahi tha itna. Uh, So they they said, uh, do you have MTV? And I said, no. I mean, I think this was a time that my father had just bought a, our first VCR, you know? So we were kind of like, you know, I come from, a, my father's been an engineer. My mother's been a school teacher. We've got a humble background and, and I'm very thankful to them for bringing us up the way they did, you know? Uh, simple and stuff, so I said, well, No, we, we we don't have MTV because at that time you had to have a dish yeah. and then a yeah. special one, yeah, uh, and it used to cost like 35 40,000 rupees back in that time, man, correct, wow. you know, yeah, yeah, like, big yeah. amount of money. So, um, you know, I said, We don't, and they're like, We got MTV, and you know, uh, I was like, Uh, okay, um, and um song from Die Straits was spinning in my head, you know. Uh, You
0: wanted your MTV, huh?
2: You wanted your MTV, (laughs) yeah. Um, So, uh, anyway, I said, great, and then they they said, why don't you come over, Uh, and we went, I went another day just to watch videos, and they said, have you heard of Millennium? And I said, who's Millennium? And they said, it's a band from India. And I said, India has a band, and and, uh, they're like, yeah. And you know, I I'd had moments of of like the first rock band that I saw in a you know, Pakistani rock band to play on on national TV was uh, there were two bands simultaneous appearances. They were hard rock bands. So one was called the Final Cut and one was called Mil- uh, Barbarians, right? And uh, you know, and but when I saw and I thought it might be like a hard rock sort of a band, and when we saw that video, when he played that video and I told uh, this to Vernon recently uh, I said, dude, I, oh, that, okay. was a, my, that was a moment that, you know, the camera is like sort of you know, uh, topish camera angle and, you know, Vernon comes with his hair and he starts digging this, you know, the grave. I was like, whoa man, that is so extreme. That is like, you know you're 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 digging the grave of this chick who you loved. you know, it's like, it doesn't get more extreme <laughs> with, than that, you know only B1 was oh, yeah MTV, Only one yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that. Yeah, yeah Was that MTV thing man And yeah, yeah I mean I was like And and the fact that It was not just the image It was actually Their song was Bloody amazing as well I mean Only B1 was. I still feel The opening riff Is like I'm a riff person I'm a very very riff person I'm old school With all my I've, I've just started A new band as well huh. And um, uh Quite extreme more extreme than dusk but and you know uh, all my songwriting still is is going on in the rift based sort of a thing i'm a rift person i'm old school i i i grew up i grew up on like blues rock and stuff like that so all of my processing in my head is all rift based cool. and millennium car the song was like da-da, 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 da-da. yeah it's amazing yeah
0: uh-huh. I think uh, the only the only comment I have now is a very stupid joke that's come up in my head right at the moment is whenever I meet the boys from Millennium next, I'm gonna say Are yaar, ho gaye, Millennium <laughs> <laughs> And on that and on that really bad uh really bad note, really bad joke. Uh let's talk a little bit about Dusk. Oh, yeah.
1: Cool, cool. I mean so I mean the thing is like you know, you guys have had such a long career and especially for like, you know, in Southeast I mean South Asian band right so there's Mm -hmm. so much to talk about but let's just focus at least on since uh, you recently put out uh, you know unreleased tracks from 2010 so before we get into those you know in 2010 uh, you guys did something where you released you know a split with this band called Distrust which is called Eastern Assault and as a listener for me I was very surprised because I've always known Dusk over the la- as much as I'd heard till then, being like this, you know, death doom band.
3: Yeah,
0: and just suddenly you all ended.
1: switched into like yeah. you know this death, yeah, which we were talking about, which makes sense now. But it went into yeah. like the death thrash. So was yes. that like you know a very conscious decision? What what was the thing that inspired that shift in sound back then? Yeah, so it's very
2: strange, you know, Dusk. Uh, I think. First of all, I'd like to start by saying that I think the reason why I why Dusk has shifted so many gears is because I'm the only person who kind of runs Dusk and uh-huh. not just the technical aspect, the creative aspect of it, everything, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like a lone wolf when it comes to Dusk for all the years, you know, I've never had people... Who, I, I mean, in Pakistan, I can have conversations on the phone with people who've heard like the first Morbid Angel album and stuff like that, but they're not musicians, right? They're fans of the music, they're not musicians. Hmm. So, and at the same time, I think my hunger for you could say, unexplored slash extreme music has been so vast, you know, touch wood, um, that I, I'm i still a fan of the music, man. I mean, I I love, I, I listen to a lot of music every day in my life still, you know. Hmm. And uh, and uh, what happened was, it's a natural, so conscious decision, later, it was more of an organic decision, uh, organic hmm. process, I would say. What happened with Dust was, with the first album, we started out uh, more sort of like death doom sounding, but then you can see that half of that album is written by me, and the other half, uh, Pakistan's greatest guitar player, a living legend Faraz Anwar, who's like a, a shred master, everything you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Faraz joins Dusk in 97, 98, mm, um, yeah. and he's the te- he's the teacher for the then Dusk guitar player who then decides to make a career thing and he's not able to give much time to. And I said to Faraz, you know, you're already programming the drums for us to just play the guitars. And so Faraz started to write and by the time the second album comes out, Faraz kind of takes over the entire process of songwriting for the record. I mean, I'm there for the ideas and I'm there for like, okay, let's have a more heavy riff here. more, uh, Let's have keyboard over here. Let's have like the music stop here, and then you you're know, still I, directing as such. Yeah, I'm yeah. still kind of directing, but he's doing all the technical stuff. Yeah, even like you know everything, and the bass playing is so technical on the second album that you know I I can't even play it. I'm like a straightforward old school Venom Motorhead type of a person. <laughs> right? But I really enjoy the second. Yeah, <laughs> Good. So I really enjoyed that second album. After the second album, we went for a tour of Europe. Okay. So, uh, and this tour was very strange because we were playing without a drummer. Uh, so we have the drums recorded, uh, you know, on samples and stuff like that, uh, with okay. some keyboards and uh, bass. We recorded live bass and we have this kind of rough sounding mixed track playback. And then the two of us are playing like guitars and vocals. And you know, we tried to make something nice out of it. There's projections uh, and
3: uh,
2: uh. Blah, blah blah. So it was nice, but when I came back from that tour, I uh, I, uh, realized that, uh, I realized that I realized that I I was not associating myself with the with the music that we were putting out uh, much more at that point. I, I felt okay. that I was growing distant. I felt that my the dust sound had become too clinical. And I felt that, uh, you know, some of the times in Czech Republic, bands that came before us or after us, like, you know, when our set, there would be like these geeky guys, you know, uh, definitely no girls, but like geeky guys sort of, you know, with like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, looking at Faraz's hand on the neck of the guitar and, like, going, like, you know, and, you know, very prog, you know, prog fans, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and right after our set, right after our set, I would see, like, you know, uh, all of a sudden this black swarm of, like, people wearing leather and spikes that like, come in for the next band, which was, like, playing... And, like, you know, and I would be in the crowd with them, like, moshing and uh, uh, stage dining and shit like that. And I kind of started missing that. I started I started missing that whole element of like I started thinking that the music that Dusk was putting out was maybe no too too clinical and too like soft sutra, you know? Uh,
3: too, yeah, too, yeah.
2: too much, you know, clean. Too we were going into that whole in 2003 our second album you listen to the production for it. It's a, it got a really small sound, but the production is beautiful. It's probably a better production than most bands in Asia were doing at that time. Yeah, and, I,
1: I have the CD. <laughs> yeah,
2: great. great. <laughs> so, so after that, when I came back, I decided to switch gears. Also me and Faraz had a falling out. And I put out an electronic album with uh, which has got nothing to do with metal, but it's got everything to do with ambient sort of soundscapes and, and noise. Uh-huh. And uh, I got all my filmmaking friends and theater friends to come in and do like dialogues and words and it's got a very strange sound. It's called Contrary Beliefs. Yeah. Um, the record label nearly shacked in their pants when they heard it. They're like, dude, you said this was experimental but this has got no guitars on it. I was like, yeah, so do you want to put it out or not? And they said, okay, oh, we'll put out like 500 copies only or some small number. I said, great, no problem. They put out a beautiful collector's item, digipack that chapter was over. Then I got, when I got back into uh, the Metal Dusk, I start, I put out the album called Dead Heart Dawning, the EP, which was also released as a split with Demonic Resurrection. Yeah. Yep. And you hear the sound of that, and that is like back to the crushing sort of like, you know, yeah. the death doom sort of like, you know, the mid-tempo sort of like, you know, raging sound. And after that, um, after that album, I started shuttling between Karachi and Singapore. And this is okay. the time when I when I joined Impiety to play on uh, one of their albums. Oh, yeah,
3: correct. Uh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. I, I, I kind of, I was almost like living there because I'm a filmmaker. I was, I was sort of shuttling between Karachi and Singapore. I used to go there for my post-production. I had some family there. So at that time, Arifin. Uh, the 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 front man the main man for uh, uh, for Impiety he had a yeah. he had a store he had a great store in the downtown of Singapore which was like a hangout you know it yeah. became a hangout for metalheads it's a usual you know and you'd go there all day listen to his stories uh, you know have some coffee and like you know chat and we became really good friends and he said man do you want to play on the next Impiety record and I was like whoa really me. Uh, and he's like, yeah, man, play bass and we go out touring and, you know, you know, we'll screw the world and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And that was the time when I actually also got Halim, who's the Dust drummer since 2008, 2007-8. I got him into Impiety. Um, okay. Because the guy, the, the, the drummer that Impiety had been rehearsing with, things weren't working out. So, Arifin one evening went through like a bit of a, you know, that we all go through as when you're heading the ship and it's not in control anymore. And I said, dude, I know I have a friend here in Singapore. It's so strange. I'm coming all the way from Karachi and introducing two people in their own small little city. But it's <laughs> kind of crazy. I said, no, no, no. I jammed with someone. I know someone. And then Halim comes into a and we record that album, which was uh, later called Formidonis Next Cultus. And um, at the same time myself and halim become really good friends we start ah. hanging out we connect over corny jokes we connect over old school music we connect over thin lizzie we connect over malay food and we're like hanging out all the time and wow think-
0: what i wouldn't give for a good roti prata right now man Oof. <laughs> <laughs> sorry you, you mentioned malay food sister. i'm like yeah i'm transported
2: yeah i am also transported <laughs> i am i tell you I tell you, this is a big thing, huh? In Singapore, this is like, sometimes I want to write a paper, like academic paper on this thing that, you know, food is the way, the, where it comes from. And then it takes on another life to where it becomes popular, you know?
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Man, you eat the South Indian food in Singapore, it tastes, it's got a life of its own.
3: Yeah,
2: (laughs) definitely. (laughs)
0: Anyways, so, sorry, coming no, back. No, in no, Yeah, No
2: problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> yad, I'm really I, I give really long sort of storytelling. So this cool is yeah,
0: yeah, it. I'm really enjoying no, sir, this good. conversation. Good. Yeah.
2: Good, good. So basically what uh, we started connecting over Thin Lizzy and there's a band. Basically now I'm coming to the the, 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 the the sort of death rash aspect. I've been I got into a band in the early two thousands. They're a band from uh, They're a band from America, and they are the epitome of what you call the lo-fi sound. Okay. Okay. And I, the moment I listened to them on a, a seven-inch, I was like converted to their biggest fan. Uh, this is a band called Dead Moon. Okay. Okay. Dead so Dead Moon uh, releases seven-inch. They press. It was a husband and wife. The husband uh, has recently uh, passed away. Um, uh, they also formed a band later called the Pierced Arrows, which was a little bit more commercially uh, successful than Dead Moon. But Dead Moon is like a cult band. Like, it's like, you know, and they, they were like, they used to make their own instruments, and they used to press their own seven-inch mono, no stereo. Uh, stereo is, is sacrilege. mono only. So, you know, the sound wow. will be mono. It is like the most... Lo-fi thing, and I just convert me and Halim just our drummer. My drummer is called Halim, and myself uh, and Halim just got into just playing this lo-fi sort of like not giving up, flying, fudge about anything.
0: It's okay. You can use to, the normal word also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: What, what, It's allowed. I, I try not to, man. For my, uh, <laughs> uh, but 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 you know, we really sort of uh, wanted to give a shit about what people thought, you know, and just do our thing. And uh, hanging out with Arifin, uh, the main man for Impiety in his shop, he really pushed the rewind button in my head and he introduced me, reintroduced me to so much of like South American trash and death from the 80s. Um, and I was like, man, that's the sound, that's the sound, bulldozer from Italy. I got really heavily into, the, I was, so that is why, and it's kind of crazy and it's kind of unprofessional that I never changed the name of the band or didn't say this is a side project. I just said, it is all Dusk. Dusk can play this and Dusk can play that. And if mm, we feel, mm, we'll play mm, this, which is mm. not... I don't think I did a good... In retrospect, bloody hell, it sounds like I'm talking to my therapist now. But That's
1: okay. <laughs> uh, po- podcasting has that effect. <laughs> it yeah. Does,
2: right? But uh, it, it feels like... Um, it feels like, in retrospect, it feels like... Well, probably not the best thing I would have done or should have done to to my fan base, because I think I destroyed it a bit as well. Um, because uh, you know we had a very very loyal sort of like a a, a following with our death thrash sound, and I think that that some of it some of some of the times people just get confused, man, and you can't expect people to like you know jump ship with you every time and like do this and do that. You know now we're not playing that style anymore. Anyway, this is, uh, all ends all my adventures end in 2012 when we put out that uh, split with Dying Embrace uh, 2013. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Sandesh comes out back on board. My oldest friend in the Indian metal scene, by the way, I've known him back from 2000, I think. And uh, so 20 years, you know, and he said, dude, what, you know, come back to what you're known for. You know, and I said, yeah, it's about time. And I really missed playing this whole. So uh, we're back to being w- what we are. And, but I feel one thing that this whole journey did good for me, guys, is that it made me realize what the whole organic, heavy, crushing sound that, and that is still there. That is something I've brought back to the, uh, to the dust sound. It's not even much complex or proggy anymore. It's not very technical but it's got that heavy edge to it still, which I needed to rediscover. Go back to my Motorhead, my Venom, sort of roots of playing like three chords to a song and just going like ah at the end and finishing the song. You know, needed that.
1: You know, you've taken us through this entire journey of your sound, but you kind of revisited it earlier this month when you put out a two-track uh, EP, which you've titled Black Moon Tapes: Lost Recordings yes. 2010, and it was released by yeah. a LA record survivor. Sorry, Elliot I Survivor. survivor
3: record. Yeah.
1: So, why did you decide to, like, you know, get these tracks back, you know, after 10 years, put them out online?
2: Mm. It's interesting, huh? I think coronavirus has got something to do with it. Okay. Because, <laughs> um, because 2020 all of a sudden becomes the biggest unproductive year for artists, right? Yeah. Um, everybody's collaborating from their bedrooms. Uh, uh, and, you know, I've done that. I've done some very commercial uh, lyric writing for some collaborative projects in Pakistan. Um, other than that, I just felt it It was a real damper for Dusk also because I've been in full force recording the new full length. And we haven't put out a full length in almost 10-12 years. Now we've only yeah. done a lot of split, splits and EPs and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're finally doing a full length and um and, and and it put a real damper on this on the whole album recording process, right? Because you know, bloody hell, you know, you can't go to the studio. You can't go to the studio. The person who you wanted in to do like two vocals on this thing, one thing is saying, no, no, I'm not meeting anyone for two months. I'm staying at home. So you know, you can't push anybody's buttons. Exactly. But know, okay. Great. What? And and I had these two songs. So guys, I hate it when you have stuff lying on your desktop somewhere on some folder, that's as good as nothing. I always tell people, uh, in Pakistan especially, because Dusk, you can name it, Dusk, Dion- uh, Dionysus, uh, Taka Takatak, very few bands have actually put physical releases out. Yeah. So physical or digital, but publica- publishing is not a thing for Pakistani music uh, in terms of metal. It hasn't uh, been. Uh. For dust, and for Dusk, it's always been about publishing music, you know. Put it out, put it out, put it out. Be it like 30 copies, bloody hand-numbered, photocopied, Xerox, don't care. Put it out, you know. So, I always think that whatever you've done, you to the public. So, at the same time, I got back in touch with... Uh, Uh, Anthony Drago, who runs uh, LRI at Survivor Records, and Anthony is one of my very close friends in the underground scene. He used to be the singer for Fingernails, which is an Italian sort of uh, heavy metal, uh, hard rock, heavy metal band, very, very interesting classic metal sound. And uh, Anthony put out this one uh, Motorhead tribute album that had Adiger on it, it had Dusk on it, uh, Dust song that we did on it. In fact, uh, Arifim from Entity did the lead vocals on it. It's a killer mm. track. We did a, yeah. we did a cover of Bomber, actually. Yeah. So quite quite ridiculously fast and crazy shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, I told Anthony, I said, I have some tracks lying. And he said, can we think of something? Can you think of how to... And I said, I could package it nicely to be a digital EP release of... You know, we could... Then again, you know, it's very important to contextualize. So I think the song, the title of the EP makes uh, somebody contextualize what the album is. And it's not uh, just sound. Because I was like, no, one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to confuse people anymore. Uh, Saying, yeah, again, it's that raw sound. What's up with that? So, you know, I wanted to have a nice album title that sort of exemplifies what it is actually, you know. Uh, so I just hated the fact that it's just lying around on some hard drive in my collection somewhere, man, collecting dust. It should it should be out there, you know. So, you know, the record label was good enough to put it out and uh, it's giving us some mileage actually, you know. I'm here with you guys now and <laughs> I've been on a few Zines. I've been on a few Zines uh, recently, interviews. So it, it just, I think uh rotates things stirs things up a of little of course bit. Why not? yeah
0: it does it it puts it puts some uh, much needed attention um yes. on you and on dusk and on everything that you guys have been doing which then yeah. leads me to ask uh, there are two songs here two tracks yeah. yes. which one of them should we play on the podcast right now and why that uh, song over the other
2: well i think um, you should play as much as I love uh, this album, uh, this song called "Soul Sabotage," um, but I I feel you should play this song called "Age of Intellect." Why? Because um, it starts with um, with a beautiful guitar solo, and um, uh, I I told my guitar player at that time, my lead guitar player, I've been I've did all the guitars on it, but the solos have been played by. Uh, you know somebody uh, in Canada who who was playing for dusk at that time. Uh, I I told him I, I gave him the example of Wheels of Confusion uh, for uh, from Black Sabbath. That's one of my favorite heavy metal songs to the date, man. Okay. I mean, people love people love Paranoid and people love War Pigs and people love my favorite songs from Sabbath are like Symptom of the Universe um i love uh, wheels of confusion and wheels of confusion you know log worship karte guitar players ko i mean van helen everyone is, is great uh, but yeah. i just feel tony iommi is such a beautiful lead guitar player as well people just don't see that. his guitar his guitar solos are poof right there man it hits you here and that guitar opening guitar solo for wheels of confusion you know, it's like the guitar is crying. It's like literally yeah. the guitar is like crying, you know, in, in in despair. And and I told Umar, Umar the guitar player at that time who was playing with us, said, you know, wouldn't it be great if you know this slow chords. You could think of a really sort of like a not a whammy bar sort of crazy solo. Do like a soulful, weird soulful solo. You know, I mean, he, he does an interesting. And then we go into the the most the most played riff uh, on the old school banner, which is like, uh, <combos> you know, everybody does it from Slayer to like Mutilator to everyone. Um, so we do that. I mean, as a song also, it's okay. Uh, I think it, it, it's uh, it's um, it's a it's it's a good song. But I love I love the intro to it, and uh, I, I like it where it goes. Yeah. You okay, can play so Age let's of awesome.
0: Let's hear that one right now. Here's Age of Intellect. <laughs> Baba, you've been like doing this for a really long time, right? Uh, Here's a question that perhaps, I don't know, like the the answer to this question can change every year or so, so, like practically even every month. But uh, in this day and age, what does the world really need to know about Pakistan's metal scene? Like, I'll, I'll tell you where this is coming from. Yeah, a couple of yeah. years back, not a couple of years mm. back, like say five, ten years back, you know, when Iron Maiden came down to India, it suddenly put India on the world metal map. And then, yeah. you know, for a couple of years, we had this whole thing of, you know, Indian metal, right? So you had bands trying to do Indian metal by incorporating Indian instruments into it, or I mean, and then later on, it now changed. Uh, it's now become like, you know, we don't need to incorporate the Indianness into it as much because our music speaks for itself. And so you have bands like, you know, Kryptos, etc., mm. who are, and Gutslit, who are doing the country proud as such on the world yeah, map. The question really is, what does the world need to know about Pakistan's metal scene? And is there anything such as Pakistani metal? Mm.
2: Very interesting. Um, when, when we started out... Um, there was definitely influence, and and you know, with the if you look at old school metal also, uh, there is always stuff. Uh, there's the mysticism of the East is always stuff been there, stuff that bands have flirted with. Be it like you know. Uh, like wherever I'm at Rome by Metallica with the sort of almost sitar uh, intro there, uh, you know. Uh, uh. When we were kids, you know, it's like, oh man, they use the sitar, you know, stuff like that. So with Dusk, I think, um, except for like a few albums, like for Dead Heart Dawning also, we tried to do Urdu. We tried to bring in Urdu um, as a spoken word. Even on the new album, there's going to be Urdu. Uh, on the new album, I'm actually inviting some singers uh, I've invited some singers to do clean vocals along with me, which right. are very, very on the Eastern side. But, but I just feel, I just feel it's a very, very thin line that bands cross uh, to start sounding tacky. You know, like I remember I've been to Walk-In, I've been to big festivals of the world. And when I have a folk metal band come on stage, I, I'm the first person out of the arena Man, I'm like, no, I can't listen to that. You know, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something. There's something. There's a thin
0: line in between being authentic and gimmicky. I think. Right? Yeah,
2: like, yeah, know, that's like, a well uh, put You remember? You remember the first album by Moonspell? Uh, their big album. I, maybe it's the second album or the first album. Wolfart, the uh, the album. Usme there's a song called Alma Mater, and uh, you know it's got a really sort of like a interesting sort of like a Portuguese folk music-inspired riff. I think, for me, it stops there. I think it stops there. I think, um, for me, Chaos AD of Sepultura, it stopped there when they... Uh, in Chaos AD, when they brought some folk elements from the Brazilian side, when they brought it in... And the drums. In Roots and all of the other stuff, when they brought it in, it was an overkill for me. You know? Before that, it was the right balance. Same goes for... Uh, uh, bands like, uh, more melodic bands, like uh, uh, Amorphous, maybe, you know. I think when they were playing their uh, uh, Tales of a Thousand Lakes, that album, great. You know, the riffs were, had all these Finnish folk melodies, but it was yeah. still it was still death metal, you know. Uh, very tastefully done. But when they got, when they started getting flutes on the... <laughs> I was like, no, man. I, I like my Jethro Tau. Uh, don't mess with that, you know. Um, uh, so, some, so I don't know if there's really any pa- Pakistani metal as per se, if you ask me, because I personally think there's tons of bands that have actually gone ahead and done it. Rudra from Singapore has been incorporating yeah. all South yeah. Indian, especially instruments into the... So, you know, why do something? Um why do why, why should somebody redo a Slayer song the same way? Either you completely change it or you don't do it, right? So something like that. And as far as you know, I think there's also got, I think the past 10 years was very damaging for the art scene in Pakistan, um, starting from the early 2000s, post-9-11 when all the uh, shit, uh, stuff hit the fan, shit hit the fan in Pakistan yeah. in terms of bomb blasts and this and that. The the music industry, the art scene, you know, that gets the first hit always. You know, the cultural scene always suffers the first. When, uh, when things yeah. go south with, with, uh, with political unrest and this and that, you know, these things will suffer the first. And that is the time I really feel that, you know, some band could have been making. And, you know, we've got probably 20 times more visa restrictions than you guys do. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that wasn't the case, man. I remember in 1997, 98, um, I was a student, and we used to go to the British Embassy in the morning and by afternoon, uh, give you You'd the you get the visas, huh? like, uh, visa. you know. Okay, great. You know, uh, I wanted to. We once did a backpacking trip. Me and this other friend of mine from my my college. Uh, And uh, uh, we just said we'll fly to London with all the money we have and then we'll just, you know, uh, take, you know, hitchhike all the way. And we did that anyway, meaning to say it was much easier back in the 90s. And it became so complex, so complex Hmm. that, you know, it's not even funny. So traveling, all of this stuff, when I was playing with Impiety also, Uh, you know, one of the reasons why I kind of couldn't continue with them was also because, you know, it's so complex that it just puts a damper. You know, first I have to fly from here to Singapore. Then half of the European countries, I need visas from Karachi only. You know, then even though at that time there was Shenzhen visa was there and I, I had a valid Shenzhen visa, but you know, because of my work as a filmmaker, but uh, Shenzhen, a lot of countries at that time were not in the Schengen treaty, like Poland yeah, was not yeah, in yeah. Shenzhen at that time, you know, uh, they yeah. were coming in. Czech Republic wasn't in Schengen. So, um, things were like, it's so complex that it just puts a damper on the whole thing, you know. So, that's why I feel also, the other thing that I feel that happened, the biggest rock band that we've had in Pakistan has been Junoon. Okay? Okay. So, Junoon is the biggest rock band, not only for Pakistan, but I think for subcontinent at that time, they were probably the biggest Uh, big guns of of the rock scene back in the early 90s, right? Um, But I think Junoon's fan base only appealed to Pakistanis, Indians, Bangladeshis, and expats of the same nationalities abroad. So they weren't doing anything that Kryptos is doing on a very smaller scale, if you compare it to what Junoon was doing. Kryptos is very small, but Kryptos... Plays the music that doesn't. Exp- uh, it's got nothing like Kryptos is Indian metal, but it's got nothing Indian about it as per se. It's a very yeah. westernized sort of an interpretation of uh, of metal. Yeah. I love Kryptos and I, I I love their sound and they definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have a very individualistic approach to what they play. You know, I think that that mix of um, you know that. You hear a very classic metal guitar, but, you know, his vocals throw you off and you're like, okay, that's like almost a black metal guy, sort of like singing almost thrashy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of early death thrash stuff, like Morbid Saint and stuff like that. So, so but you know what I mean. One thing is that the Indianness or the Pakistaniness comes with the content and the uh, instruments and the sound. And the other thing is that we just appeal to people beyond borders. I think that's what bands like Cryptos, Demonic Resurrection, Dusk even, you know, has been doing. Uh, that Dusk will not only appeal to Pakistanis or Indians or Sri Lankans or Bangladeshis; uh, it will appeal to equally to somebody from Bulgaria or uh, Mexico. You know what I mean? It just has to be the, speaking the metal language, language of metal. Oh, uh, cool. Cool.
1: Yeah that that completely makes sense. I mean I I remember Junoon watching their videos here in India and they were huge. But yeah, uh, you know,
2: so huge man. Yeah. yeah.
1: So coming back to an earlier episode we did with another Pakistani artist who you mentioned the uh, Takatak right. So yeah. earlier in Jan we had them on the podcast and yeah. they were telling us you know again this was their time when they first started out about the gig scene in Lahore. And, you know, playing the Gloria Jeans Cafe and things like that. Now, uh, this is all courtesy Hassan, who uh, had on his blog put up some old pictures of, you know, early 2000s gigs in Karachi. So I've seen uh, pictures of the Karachi Rock Fest, Zach Fest and things like that. I mean, when I looked at it and I was remarking to Anamesh, if you look at that and forget that, you know, it was Pakistan. It looks exactly like how the gigs were here in India, where you had the uh, domination, the death fest at Raz and things like that. It was mm. exactly the same. So yeah. can you just take us back to those days? I mean, uh, there's a great picture of you, by the way, I, I saw on stage. <laughs> mm. Mm.
2: I Unfortunately, so, what... with dust, yeah, sure. Uh, with, with, uh, do you want to add more to the question or is that you...
1: No, so I'm saying, just take us back to what those days in Karachi were. I mean, because like from what we understand at least from talking to the Takatak boys, like live gigs are kind of dead in Pakistan, yeah, right? And so, dead. what was Karachi like back then, like the early to mid 2000s at least?
2: Yeah, early to mid 2000s was very interesting. There was a very active live scene here. Um, bands were unfortunately not putting out uh, material public Published. Public, publishing material music. They were not, but they were very much into playing live. Um, there was an active death thrash sort of a scene happening here. Uh, Doom bands the, itne, more like, you know, I think melodic death, thrash bands. There was a band that started out right after I would actually give them credit as the, being the second uh, band to appear in on the local scene after dusk. Um, uh, which was a band called Autopsy Gothic. Um, um, and they were not a Gothic band at all. They were just called Autopsy Gothic. And uh, they, they played uh, they played covers from like uh, At the Gates. Um, they had a few good originals as well. Uh, really nice sort of like, you know, death, pure death metal sort of a sound after um, that there were some other bands as well and at the same time I also in uh, around 2000 I wanted to be a part of the live scene because I couldn't because Dust could never play live because you need okay. a bloody ensemble you need the drummers that were available to us at that time I'll put it very very straightforward for you the drummers that were available for us or the musicians or you know if I was doing vocals, I couldn't possibly do bass and vocals. if I was doing the vocals, I need the bass player. Those musicians were not available for dusk because the songwriting for us had made it so complex in a beautiful way. Yeah. I loved what he did. So that was a shattered dream I was like, okay, this is not happening. What we can play is like the D-beat sort of. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do a D-beat mix with real old school death trash, motorhead inspired sound. And I I had a band as well at that time. And we did a lot of, and I it was full of state gimmicks. We used to wear makeup. I used to go up with a bottle of fake blood, you know, for that all over me. And, uh, you know, in, uh, in do that shit. I remember, and Lahore also had, like, uh, bands um, that were... Uh, so, I think this is way before the Takata... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah of course. Thing, was, yeah, Yeah, but there were other bands. From Lahore, there was a band called Cor- Corpse Fire. Corpse Fire, there was a band in Karachi called Soul Vomit. I think, great name. Uh, it was a yeah, I think we- Noctur- uh, nocturnal rust. All of these bands, they had maybe one or two, one or two originals, but most of them put out a great live show. Um, so we did several shows we used to fly out to Lahore also. I remember uh, some of the more commercial bands who were fringing on like uh, rock, commercial rock sound. they had, they they're always the boys who do the shows and bring the bucks in and this and that. and then, a lot of them would be fans of, of, of our style of music and they'd be like, you know, we okay, we'll play, you know, we would fly out and, and play Lahore. So it was a great, uh, great live scene. Uh, I think uh, it's, it's typical uh, of what you see in India, Bangladesh. I think the rhythm resonates inside uh, all of us. Yeah. All our DNAs are full of rhythm you know uh, you know uh, metal really loud sort of you know rhythm oriented metal with
3: like
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, people just go mad you know and this is exactly what, what used to happen with with uh, with the band I had at that time um, uh, we also published with that band but uh, which one is uh, this uh, this was a band called Northern Alliance.
1: Ah, Northern Alliance. Okay, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So we also published a, a four-song seven-inch, uh, seven-inch uh, with that band as well. Um, this was
1: on Legion so, of Death, right?
2: Legion of Death. We yeah. we got a four-song called uh, "Death Anthems for a World of Shit," um, and um, so very punk, very punk approach to the whole thing. Very DIY. I've always been fan. I've never never been a fan of polished. Tough man. Yeah, I'm, I'm I've always been like a like a big fan of like the 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 raw the rawness of, uh, in metal, you know. Even though sometimes with my dust stuff it doesn't show because we tend to push for the more clean sound because it's it, it is that sound. It's sort of more prog influenced technical death metal when you produce it lo fi, it sounds like shit actually. So yeah. you have to polish it, it up. It needs you know?
0: nuance, yeah. Malab, you, yeah. you 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 need better better production to be able to detect that nuance yeah. otherwise it's just yeah it'll just sound muddy as shit yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: the, and, and then all of a sudden these shows started you know going down man and yeah. uh, you know I think either people who were playing those shows grew up got married started having responsibilities you know that happens because it yeah. happens simultaneously people don't realize that but that's a big factor in our countries where there's no social exactly risk. yeah there's no social security if you have a good time, you will have a good time. If you have a good time, you will have a big chance 80 90% chance that somebody's coming from beginnings like you, myself, and Peter. You know, in the past, I was not going to be able to do And a big chance I, in Pakistan at yeah. that time, most of us were belonging to the middle class. You know? Yeah. Uh, sort of middle class of the society, upper middle class, middle class of the society. And most of us were like, you know, just... uh, We were just sort of, you know, coming from small little apartments and bedrooms and like, uh, you know. So a lot of people need to start earning, need to get their shit together, need to like, you know, get a job. And then, you know, not everybody's lucky, I believe, like myself, uh, you know, touch wood, that I actually... Managed to sort of have a career and at the same time still do dust, and because I wanted to, you know, I was able to, too much, too much dust. Heavy metal has saved me from a lot of crap in my life.
0: Yeah, you know? Yeah. it crap becomes the love. soundtrack to our lives, and at the yeah. same time, yeah, but the, yeah. yeah, whatever. Like uh, that's an entire different conversation <laughs> altogether. Which
1: I, th- I which, think, honestly, being, yeah, what what uh, your sentiment, what you said, is. Something I've heard uh, Sahil Makija aka Demon uh, Stealer from Demonic Resurrection keep talking about. And I think maybe it's time we get like all of y'all from different countries talking about because in the end it's everyone's in the same boat. (laughs) I I know exactly which
0: song we should like get them under and do a music video or something of that sort. We need to get uh, (laughs) Punk Rock Days Are Gone by Split. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would be a nice one. Let's, yeah. Animesh, yeah, say, this, is, this, is, this is our quarantine project. Let's do it,
2: man. <laughs> Seriously, we should do it. Uh, we should all do it. I could play bass. I could do something. Or we could do like, you know, some... We could do a Motorhead song or something, you know? Just like, you know?
1: It's, Animesh plays bass. There you go. Hey, you can't have two bassists. We are I, not I'll, like... I'll play triangle. tap. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I'll play triangle.
2: <laughs> it, it could be two two bassists. Why not, you know?
1: Yeah,
0: why not? Why not? Chalo, wo karte. Hai.
2: Anyways,
0: so
1: I mean, you know, just to kind of fast forward back into like present time. I mean, you touched upon this earlier. You're working on uh, a new full length album. Is this yes. continuing with your doom metal sound? Uh, what can you tell yeah. us about it? I mean, you've told us a bit yeah. about the clean vocals and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, so I think definitely going on from uh, where we started out with the Dead Heart Dawning, more doom death sound. Uh, we did change in the middle to when we did Eastern Assault, but you know, then in uh, 2013, when we came out with uh, Through Corridors of Death, Centuries with Dying Embrace, which is my one of my favorite releases that we ever did because Dying Embrace is just so close to my heart, man. You know, yeah. uh, those guys are really like brothers, you know, and um, very, very solid sound. I love their sound. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, definitely picking up from the same vibe from there. Um I have, uh, uh, towards the end of that EP, there's a track on it called for Majestic Nights. Hmm. And uh, that is sort of where I was beginning to go with my doom death sound. Um, so I, you listen to, you asked me my first First, first uh, my top five albums of all times. I don't think there will be a metal album on there. Probably a Sabbath album, but nothing more than that. Right? Okay. So, meaning to say, my my tastes are so diverse. If you if you do a day of day in the life of with me, you will probably hear very few. So, I'm really influenced by a lot of music which is non-metal. But, and and I started bringing in those influences since okay. I'm not really a technical lead guitar player i started like you know uh, so i'm a really big fan of the cure Uh, okay you know like like a huge fan okay okay? so i wanted to bring that in and it starts coming into the end of uh in the on the corridors ep the last song is uh for majestic nights and i'm sort of playing like these two three layers of guitars but like you know uh very inspired by actually the cure only difference is it doesn't sound happy and, and mm-hmm. upbeat like the cure. But, uh, you know, it, it's got this, it, of course, uh, it's got the technicality of the cure where, you know, I'm just playing like these open sort of big chords. And then I'm sort of, you know, very old school like analog pedal and I'm finger picking on that with like a very overdriven uh, sound, yeah. Mid, mid, mid to it. So it sounds yeah. like a weird sort of. Uh, Oh, so I, I I did that experiment and I loved the way it came out. Sandesh loved that song as well. I think it's his uh, favorite song of the Yeah, EP. he's
1: a huge The Cure fan also. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I I I wanted to. when I was writing this album. I wanted to sort of encapsulate a lot of my my influences. Like I love Immolition, the death metal band from US and I love the the fact that they're so crushing and they have these really slow crushing parts. I wanted to bring that in. I also wanted to combine like this whole layered sound that Euronymous did with uh, early Mayhem, you know? Uh, If you look at the The DeMistris album, he does this very layered sort of a sound, you know? So the new album is very, it's like a culmination of a lot of my influences. Okay. Uh, It definitely falls under the banner of uh, Death, Doom Metal, for sure. Mainly because of my vocals. Also, I have a lot of like, you know, uh, it's like, I think another band that influenced me a lot in terms of the past 10 years of their work or 12 years of their work. They've been there much before, but the past 10, 12 years, they really pushed the envelope is a band called Enslaved from Norway, of course. Yeah their production, I just appreciate their production because they completely push the envelope every time without sounding wimpy or cheesy. You know, no, instead album, of album, can you say, you know, this is like, okay, this is like, you know, sounding too poppy now. It doesn't. You know, they do something, they still get that balance of sounding brutal, sounding heavy, you know, because doing a technical or like a, uh, a a more dark, uh, music-inspired, ambient-inspired album, there's a big chance you fall out of that brutal, heavy uh, bracket and you land up somewhere like, you know, which is like very flimsy. You know, uh. I hate bands like that. So so I always wanted to sound like, you know, when the distortion comes in, it should be like, okay, this is massive. This is big. This is dark. This is brutal. But also I have a lot of other things. Also... Um, I'm, I'm Like I told you, I'm into The Cure. I'm heavily into Kate Bush. I listen to a lot of uh, Depeche Mode. Uh, heavy metal fans are going to kill me, huh?
0: No, but <laughs> no, but, so, no, but all of the bands that you mentioned are all bands that metalheads enjoy.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But, but, you know, in terms of influences also, you know, I'm, uh, as much as I love Morbid Angel, it's one of my favorite death metal bands. I don't listen to Morbid Angel to be inspired to do a song I'll probably listen to a Kate Bush song. I listen to a Johnny Cash song and I'd be inspired to like, you know, do not a replica, but it's different. It's, it's like one, that part is inspiring something in your head and something else completely different is coming out of it. So, um, and, and this is what, and, and in the past, uh, two, three years, I've been really into, uh, I think it started out with the second album only I got into recording field recordings, So I got into field recording and a friend okay. of mine used to do them. And I got a lot of field recordings from, you know, every place from markets to dargahs to worship places. And I, I used to put them into the, the second album has got a lot of sampling on it.
3: Um, you know, yeah. Yeah.
2: Lot of sampling, you know, you we've got some Tibetan monk in the middle of something with feedback. So, I give that a new direction now with, uh, I started experimenting. I got myself a an analog synthesizer. Okay. Like, uh, almost like a small mini Moog.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: You know, so it's not a Moog, but it's 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 as old school as a Moog, actually. And uh, whatever I could get my hands on in Karachi, somebody was selling it, and I was like, amazing, you know, uh, I, I want uh, that. So, and I'm, I'm not a keyboard player. I'm as I mentioned before, I'm one of the most tech, non-technical, uh, you know, people out there. So I kind of started doing my own thing. I'll, so two or three of the tracks on the new dusk are also those things, which are like like soundscapes. Uh, you can't call it. You can call it electronic music, of course, but I think it's got stuff like I've got. Um, I've got a poem by Rabindranath Tagore on one of the uh, tracks where I'm doing some weird twiddling with some synthesizer sounds, and this is beautiful. Tagore Tagore Ji is my hero, huh? So, um, Tagore for me is doom metal, huh? By the way, I so Rabindranath Tagore for me is doom metal. Completely
0: understand where you're coming from. I mean, having heard Rabindra Shangeet as a kid, uh, yes, it's it's musical and it's definitely melodic but at the same time yeah. it is metal yeah yeah,
2: yeah. It, 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 it talks about all the things that metal has relate to right it exactly yeah big trees it talks about the falling of thunder and rain uh you know dead leaves on the ground a lot of my dusk lyrical content is all about that as well so i'm having uh, i'm having a lot of these kind of experimentation so uh, the album is basically eight or nine it's eight tracks. Five of them are pure epic, sort of death doom metal stuff, and and songs are long. Average is like average is five and a half minutes. I think one of the songs goes up to eight minutes plus. Um, something I've been uh, I didn't mention to uh, our guitar player who's actually appearing on this album. He's a really, I didn't tell him that with solo parts Do everything. So I just sent him the stuff and, uh, you know, I'm still waiting to hear from him in terms of, okay, what is this so many, so many solos? So I have, a, I have that and that's pretty traditional death, doom stuff, five songs and then three of the songs are like these. Uh, weird analog synthesizer type things that I'm doing. I've asked, uh, I've got featured a saxophone player on uh, one of the things. Okay. So I'm doing these things which are like weird and, and stuff, you know, still like out there in terms of more traditional metal would, would not do that. Okay. But I like doing this experimentation. Hmm. Um, uh, it would be a good uh, platform to reveal um, uh, also. Something that I've been dying to tell people, and uh, hopefully it's coming through, is that um, I asked my one of my childhood heroes uh. to, if he would uh, recite a narration on the intro of the album. Okay. And uh, he agreed, man. So, you know, so we, we will have, hopefully if all goes well and touch wood, I just was exchanging some emails with him last night, actually. Uh, the intro is going to be a spoken word by Vino of St. Vitus and the Obsessed. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: Congratulations. Been, uh,
2: thank gotcha. you, man. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So, Vino, uh, he's been my hero since uh, since forever, man. It's For me, it's Black Sabbath and then it's the Obsessed and St. Vitus and everything, you know. I grew up with that stuff. And he's, you know, Metalhead's was the nicest people, actually. You know, to be honest, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Honestly, man, seriously. Okay. And, um, yeah, and uh, we've also got uh, Santiago Dobles, who is uh, the lead guitar player uh, for Agora. He's he's going to be he's my guitar player on this record, not for the guitars, but for the lead guitars. Um, he's playing lead guitars on the album. Okay. So uh, dusk always has a legacy of guitar solos. Uh, I try to move away from it but I can't, even though um, I love shred guitar solos and a lot I part of me still is a big fan of listening to you know, I think um um I was listening to some twenty guitar players from your Indian scene. Okay. And they were like killing it, man, or all these guys are super young. Super yeah, young yeah. <laughs> shredders. Shredders all bedroom shredders all playing like eight or seven uh, string instruments and they're like killing it man killing it you know and uh, so sorry i think your voice i term- think patterns
0: come easily to us yeah, yeah and, and and that that also like patterns and rote learning right and but instead of rote learning here you're note learning
2: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah absolutely
0: okay okay so so so, you know you you've you've talked at length about this album and uh this upcoming album and you know what's the question that's building in my head is um how personal this album is going to be right because you're mentioning doing a lot of stuff which sounds more barber than it does sound dusk okay Mm. um also in the very beginning of this of this chat You mentioned that you've got a new project in the works. That's not going to be Dusk. Yeah. So what's can can you try and help us make sense of this? Like what's what's Dusk then? What's Babar then? And what's new project then? Or what is or is it all should it? Can you essentially become like the Devon Townsend of Pakistan in that sense? Or, uh, you know, where it's only one name that encapsulates everything that you do enslaves done that right they move from one sound to the other and now that's and you can't define enslaved as anything else than enslaved right you yeah. can't define isan as anything other than isan you can't define um i don't know what's another fabulous example uh Darkthrone, for that matter, who keep changing I, their style. I, I, I don't know
1: how he didn't bring up Darkthrone. Darkthrone yeah. is like... Dark
0: yeah,
2: right? Uh, Dark what's Throne happening? Also, I think, um, so what is happening is part of who Babur is goes into Dusk, a very heavy part, because primarily as much as I would want to, I am 50% of Dusk. Because since 2007, I'm very happy to report that I have, you know, a partner in crime in Dusk, you know, who's my drummer. But because of our distance, because of the fact that he's in Singapore, I'm here, we can't compose together. And it's very different. The, the Eastern Assault was composed together. It was actually okay. written together in the jam room. That's why it sounds so like raw and like trashy and all of that. Um but so you can say, you know, a big part of it, I give, don't dictate him how to play the drums on it. You know, uh, he just knows how to get my riffs and he knows exactly the beat. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be half time. This is going to be like more like a behemoth sort of like a thing, you know, um, this is more uh, Pete Sandoval sort of like, you know, thing all over the place. Um, so I think. Who I am, a big component of that goes into dusk. I'm into a lot of the ambient music. I'm into folk music. I, of, of course, can't bring folk music. So I need outlets. I need outlets for sure. Um, a lot of my folk influences of the Indo-Pak uh, subcontinental folk uh, music. Uh to another band I play in which is uh, which is quite uh, a well-known band in, in our region called Chantara Orchestra um, yeah. I play with this band um, and this was actually also something that I started I started out this band um, but uh, but yeah I mean uh, a lot of my so I feel when my folk influences go into towards that side then I don't want to bring them here you know and um, as far as the new dusk is concerned, I think it's, it's it's going to be a good mix. I think it's definitely going to be a mature effort. I don't want to use the word immature for our uh, previous stuff, but you know what I mean. You know, I'm, I'm a different person. Yeah, yeah, of every, course. Every month, every week, every year, yeah. we change as people. And I think from the last time that we put out something, as like an EP or a full length was almost like six, seven years back, you know, so it's going to be a lot of stuff that's changed over time. Um, yet, it is important for me that it could still be categorized at dusk. I don't think, to answer the second part of your question, I don't think there was. Uh, there's ever going to be a project called Baba Sheik, you know. Um, no, no,
0: I, I didn't mean literally in that sense. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 I know what you mean. But I know what you mean, but I have a it's almost like a complex I have inside me that uh, for so many uh, years because I've never been a part of a band I've Uh missed out on that I've missed out on that I've missed out on creating metal music extreme metal music in a jam room with like minded musicians I've, I've been a loner I've been a loner Throughout, Because oh. I've never found people. You know, I've never found people. Ye, it's it's a, what you call in Urdu, in Hindi, Arman. It is a Arman inside. You, are, you know, you drive to a place, you've got nice amps, guitars. Got nice amps, I've got the guitars. I've got access to good musicians all over the world. But, you know, the fact that that didn't exist here hmm. or it was the wrong chemistry for the wrong time. So, this new band that I'm talking about is actually being put together because of this whole thing. It's okay. still a band which is unfortunately or fortunately, it's still remote. It is not, um, no two people of this band live in the same city. But it's it's all I can tell you right now, it's still under wraps. But okay. I can tell you the genre. It's straightforward, straightforward uncompromising, crushing death metal music um um the way we all like it you know um and the second thing i can tell you about it that it's an all asian lineup for sure um i was just uh, gonna ask that Yeah, it's all asian all asian and i'm happy to report that it's in the in the region in the region as well
0: yeah Yeah. so my question was gonna be is there any is there any
2: indian on it (laughs) <laughs> okay, they're quick, they're, the, the fourth member of the band is right now uh, Indian. Uh, but that person is not contributing with instruments on the album. It's more like his brainchild, his whole concept, etc, etc. That person is Indian. The person who got us together is Indian. Uh, but But to answer your question, I have a very crazy idea because I have recently discovered the guitar player who I've just become such a big fan of. Okay. Uh, uh, and he's Indian. Um, I think he's Caucasian, but he lives in um, Pune or, or Bombay, I think. Yeah. Daniel Rego? So I might just ask him for. No, no, no. You don't want to you want
1: to <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's like <laughs> the moment we're done with this conversation, I'm calling up Sandesh. <laughs> like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think um... some days will be no, but I think this is something I, I we might have a because there's going to be lead lead guitar on on the thing, and I'm playing guitars on this album uh, on the new band. I'm playing guitars and, and probably just filling for bass right now for the recording. Um, uh, the drums and the vocals are by different people, but none of us can play lead, lead guitars to save our ass. And and with this kind of stuff, you need to have something, um, you know. So I, I feel that I might ask this person. Also interesting because you asked, there is there's is a big chance that I might put Dusk into hibernation right after this full length album.
0: Oh uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: You think you've outgrown uh, Dusk? I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't At know. At this point I in have, time, yeah? But I have some Yeah. I have some ideas that I want to put out and uh, those might not really be metal but they are still in the realm of extreme music I think mm. um, so uh-huh. this album has it's been a taxing journey man I've been doing this alone dude I'm telling you you know for the past three years I've been writing this material uh-huh. having having somebody who's sitting in Singapore do the drums uh Send them back. Uh, half of the album is recording here. Harmonies. Uh, yeah,
3: the,
0: it's a challenge, man. It's a challenge.
2: It's a challenge. Like right now, uh, my introduction to the metal world is that I'm a singer and a bass player. People don't know me as a guitar player, even though I've be, I've played very little. People know that I've played rhythm guitar on all dusk albums, hmm. but on all of it actually, except for one album. But um, but for me, um, for me. I'm I'm right now actually probably not going to be playing bass on the album. That is the last instrument that's still left to do. By the way,
0: are you still uh, looking for a bassist? Yeah. I'm very uh, this thing. Like, what do you say? Just very innocently raising hand. Just just saying. Say, <laughs> say, huh? uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Maybe I'm not. May I don't say. know. Whatever. We'll talk later.
2: Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk later. Let's talk later. <laughs> Let's talk later. But uh, but uh, Santiago had an idea. Santiago had, had an idea that we I asked the uh, um, the bass player from Agora uh, to to play. Uh, who's a really really technical player. But uh, I don't know where, where that is going. Uh, it might just happen. It might just not. Um, also uh, also the fact that you know I just because uh, when we were going to record the bass. Um, because of some stupid delays. Um, And then we had these rains, which were unprecedented rains that happened in Karachi this year. And because of that, the studio where we were recording got flooded. In wake of that, they don't have a bass amp. A lot of their guitars got messed up. They're claiming insurance, but it's... I mean, luckily, all of my gear was back home. Um, But uh, so, you know, I am now up to here with dusk. I think I've just put in all creative juice I had in me. It's na ogeya ke mujhe ab bass nahi My main instruments. I'm sitting here with two basses hanging on the walls right now. You know, uh. I am known as a bass player, but bass because I just feel that it's just I just can't do it anymore on the album. It just probably sound will sound too one-dimensional if I play the bass. I want a different hand on it. I want another another person's expression on it. So. So yes, I think, I, I, I don't know if I'll put it into a hibernation, but, and Dusk is a recording act primarily. Um, even though the record label owner from uh, LA Riot Survivor Records is really saying after the pandemic, we want to get you guys for a couple of shows out in uh, Italy. Um, I said, oh, that's going to be great if we can. Um, and there've been opportunities in the recent five, six years also to play Bangkok, to play Singapore. Um, unfortunately, because I do really intense work, uh, I work in the film industry yeah. and when I have, when I get film industry dates, then that means I'm kissing my career goodbye by saying no to them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 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 Completely yeah. get it.
2: So yeah. bada to commit dates beforehand, you know, what if I can't make it last moment, you know, I'm getting a super big gig, which, you know, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny. But yeah, um, uh, there are some other other uh, influences that I want to pursue, um, uh, might be dust, might not be dust. Let's see, but definitely this one um, side project, uh, project bands definitely coming out. I already told you it's a, it's a death metal ba- band and really looking forward uh, to do at least one song, uh, and put it out online. Uh, by the end of the year so
0: that's going to be soon yeah yeah, yeah we've yeah, we hardly there. got some time yeah we've yeah. hardly got the time left.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah wow okay so it's been approximately say 90 minutes or so that we've been chatting wow. and i feel we can keep going on forever but you know what i think we should maybe make this a monthly feature a catch up with barber
3: <laughs> brewing
0: with barber what's brewing with <laughs> barber or something of that sort because it seems to me that you're at a that you're in a stage where you know there's there's a lot of new ideas that are bubbling in that head, and you want to just end up releasing them, oh, which is which is crazy. great.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Hmm. Wow. I, so, I know when we're getting you on the podcast next <laughs> before the end of the year, <laughs> like you said. <laughs>
2: Anytime, bro. It's going to be an honor. I mean, I I, I started the first podcast about music and art and film and literature, all under one umbrella. From Pakistan, we started the first podcast called Mad Art Culture. Hello. And I was doing this with uh, with one of my longtime collaborator, Umran Shafiq, who is the guitar player for uh, Chantar Orchestra. And if you've seen any Pakistani coke studios, um, so he's the main guitar player for Coke Studio, also for all the seasons except for I think one season, he was in all the seasons. So he's a very seasoned session player. Yeah. And uh, Umran, uh, Umran, and myself we used to just do this, man. They just fucking get all line and just talk and just chat, and it's, it was the best thing. And then after 30 episodes, I don't know what happened. Um, I think we got the stupid idea to make it video as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> stupid idea <Podcasts laughs> will never go through that never
0: no man it can but you need to have that much time yeah. and dedication and more importantly yeah, I'm funding it. to to justify all that time and effort
2: uh, true, and we true. clearly didn't and that's why our audio podcast we Yeah, but it was lovely it just brings so many memory, memories memories uh, of um, of um, what uh, I was doing with Umran on the podcast so lovely man it was it's great to touch base um, and thank you so much. You guys are such a great scene out there in India. Um, and there's, there's such a great appreciation for art and music out there, man. And, 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 and thank you for actually inviting me over to talk, you know.
0: Um, definitely no, the pleasure it's, was it's, all it's a, ours.
2: Lovely. Mm-hmm.
1: Monthly chat sessions with Babar. Peter, what do you think of the idea? I love it and I think Babur is also up for it considering that he used to host a podcast but hey, we don't have to make it video, huh? You mm. know what he said about video.
0: Well, what do you think of the idea? Let us know. We are all ears at hauntsupport.com Such a smooth segue, right? Reach out to us on Twitter. We are at HornsupPod. I am at Asno Annie. I am at
1: Trend Crusher. This is Hornsup. up, guys.